This is Zips Unlimited, a show about the University of Akron, its programs, its people, and its community. Zips Unlimited is produced by WZIP-FM. Hello and welcome to another episode of Zips Unlimited. My name is Chris Kepler. I'm the general manager here at WZIP. Joining me today is Dr. Dan Friesner, more than doctor, now dean of the University of Akron. Dan's just fine. (laughs) College of... Health and Human Sciences. All right. And obviously, some of your background stems from that. You've only been at the university here for about three months. Yep. Right? Uh, June 30th was my first day. Okay. Mm-hmm. And and some background in that same area from North Dakota State University, I believe? Yes. Um, I came to the University of Akron from NDSU, North Dakota State. I had been there for about 15 years. Um, the name had changed in that college as well as we added programs, but at the time I left, it was the College of Health Professions. So, mm-hmm. okay. so um, uh, some overlap with disciplines, but primarily you know, health-related and, mm-hmm. and clinical education. And really, your, your own education and, and some of your research prior to you know, these roles that we're talking about now really stem more on the business side and economics, right? Yep. I'm a health economist by training. So my PhD is in economics. And um, yep, I, this was not, NDSU was not my first place of employment. It was, I believe it was my fourth. Akron's my fifth. I spent a lot of time in business schools mm-hmm. teaching on the business side of health. Um, but NDSU was a great change for me to be able to work with clinicians um, to really, you know, you know, yeah, I work on the business side. Um, but really, part of the problem is, is is with clinical training, you're trained how to care for patients. And um, a lot of the business side doesn't necessarily come into your training. So when something happens, it impacts your clinical practice. It tends to make clinicians a little bit irritated. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so for me, making that switch to be able to empower them to have a little training, um, to be able to take some control over their practice was important to me. So that's why I actually made the switch. I, I wonder if when, when that type of conversation comes up if some people say well it's supposed to be about the patient this mm-hmm. is about health helping yep. people it's it's not about money or is it yeah. but it's a combination isn't it i mean really yeah well i well so here is here's how i express that um i'm not sure that it'll be received well by everybody but here's how <laughs> i express it i would say first of all you're exactly correct it's about taking care of people but people is plural not person right person is singular and when you talk about people Really, in an era of finite resources, the, the real issue is not so much to spend more or less on healthcare, but how do you take care of your patients, plural, well? And that implies spreading some resources out optimally across how you care for those patients. And so from the, clinic, from the clinical perspective, it's about doing best for your patients. Now, does that have financial ramifications? Yes. But it doesn't necessarily mean that care is compromised, right? Mm-hmm. It's about trying to spread the money you have across initiatives to provide the best care you can, right? And so most clinicians get that because they know resources are finite, mm-hmm. right? And it's just about how to manage that well so we can really get down to business and take care of patients better. Mm-hmm. Do, have you found, uh, whether through research or, or just you know, practice through people you know or whatnot, that you know, a lot of people who go into healthcare, who do um, manage or even own, uh, whether it's you know, some kind of a practice or some other service that's related to healthcare, you know, do they do they have some of the things you're talking about? I mean, like we watch TV shows like um, you know, like Bar Rescue and some of those where people are like, oh, wow, I think I'll start a bar. And they really they don't know how to do it. They don't understand the business part. They just know how to pour beer. Um, are we finding that enough people who are entering healthcare have some of the skill sets that you're describing? 
Uh, I think it's changing a little bit. It also depends on what field that you go into. So a practical example of that. When I, when I first came to North Dakota State, uh, my tenure home was in a department of pharmacy practice in a school of pharmacy. In that state, there's actually a law that says if you open a community pharmacy, you have to be um, a pharmacist who is licensed in that state to be able to own your pharmacy. Mm -hmm. And so for those individuals, the business side came with the clinical side. So that conversation goes over very well because that's the same perspective they have. You know, you know, I want to care for my patients. I want to do the best I can. But I also, in an era of finite resources, I need to be able to manage my money to care for my patients as well as you can. Mm -hmm. um, and so in certain areas, it's just kind of innate. In other areas, it's not, especially when you're providing, um, when you're training certain types of, of healthcare professionals. And the focus really is on the patient. Um, at the un especially for undergraduate degrees, you know, you got to get them in the door and, and learn some basic patient care skills. There's only so much room in the curriculum. Mm -hmm. And yeah. then and so you focus on patient care, which is probably the right thing yeah, to do. Right. Sense. And then what happens then is you tend to see those conversations happen, not at sort of the entry level, but the advanced practice level. Someone who has, you know, practiced nursing for 10 or 15 years on the floor. Right. And then they want to move into a managerial position or you know, they, they, they get frustrated with how management treats them. And it kind of depends on facilities. I'm not speaking to anything in the greater Akron area, but right. just as a general trend, right? Um, and so then they look for advanced practice. And in advanced practice then, you know, some of those issues when you do have an ability to manage others, to coordinate care, not just implement care, then the resource discussion, you know, the perspective changes a little bit and it's a little better of a conversation, but it takes some time to get those you know, get them into the classroom mm -hmm. or get them into settings outside of the classroom where you can have those conversations. Right. So it kind of it kind of just depends on the field. You would probably then very much encourage students, um, you know, to take at least maybe one or two, you know, business oriented classes. Um, the, the right business oriented class. Yes, I would agree with that. I think it, it never hurts. Just like taking a communications class. Right. Mm -hmm. It's and we talked about this, I think, a little bit off the air. It's great to have an extra public speaking class or to take an intercultural communications class if you're practicing in healthcare because the population is diverse, right? Mm -hmm. And you want to be able to provide care in a way um, so that your patients, you can really engage with your patients and have them listen to you. Same thing with, with sort of the financial and business side of healthcare. You want to take the right class. You don't want to just jump into a finance class or an accounting class that's geared towards business students, right? right. It's not just the material isn't taught at the right level that you need, but it's also the perspective. But the right class, maybe a small business management class that has somebody who's done practice management, you, those situations, you can kind of see the student's eyes open. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. And so I would encourage it. It just has to be the right class, if that right. makes sense. All right. Um, you, know, you said that you were in, in North Dakota for a number of years. What, what attracted you to the University of Akron when you heard that there was an opportunity here? What made you say, you know what, I... Yeah. I think I need to pursue this. That's a, that's a really long story. Um, I'm I'm kind of a reluctant administrator. I never thought I'd be an administrator, to be honest with you, let alone a dean or anything like it. Um, I came to NDSU mostly because um, that entrepreneurial spirit was there. When you talk about clinicians trying to care for patients but managing resources as well, and they had a um, a very large initiative um, within the pharmacy profession to try to. Um, grow and and use that not only providing we call it the North Dakota telepharmacy project it was basically trying to get those local communities to really buy into their community 
keep those local pharmacies open, so small business management, but still provide the care that patients need. Because in a rural area, if your local pharmacy shuts down, and in, in those cases, you can literally be 40 miles from anything else, mm-hmm. right, let alone your pharmacy, it's, it becomes a healthcare desert. And so it's a huge community development issue. So I, I came because I wanted just to be a faculty member who worked on a really interesting issue that was important to those communities, right? Problem is, is if you do a good job, People notice it, and then they find other things for you to do. Um, my, my dean at that time, um, his name was Chuck Peterson, um, he saw that in me and just kind of moved me into the dean's office, and I started taking care of students. My first job was in student affairs, so kind of a, a good bridge from teaching, right? Um, and as, as I did a good job with that, you keep giving more and more stuff for me to do. By the time I got to about 2021, 2022, um, you know, I, I just had to decide. He had given me about all that he could do besides giving me his job, which, you know, you, you want, that's his job. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was just time to really start looking at those options. And I just had to decide, did I want to be um, a dean or did I want to, you know, just, you know, continue to be a faculty member who happened to have an administrative role? And Akron, moving to Akron made that really easy. And the reason why is because, you know, it's kind of, you know, kind of just reluctantly looking. But the neat thing about Akron is they're very clear about they serve the community. It's a university for the community. Um, really a blue-collar community um, where, you know, people are, you know, people just, you know, they have regular lives and, and education is a part of that. But, you know, it's a part of it, right? And so there's this really neat embedding between the community and the university. And that made it really easy for me, you know, to find, okay, not so sure about this jump, but it's the right institution. And mm-hmm. it's a really neat opportunity at a, at a really important time in the university and, and in the college's growth. Because like you say, it's kind of a new college, right, mm-hmm. with, with colleges coming together. And so for me, it, you know, it, it kind of pushed me over the edge to actually apply. And when I came and made my campus visit, everybody was just really, really welcoming. And I thought, yeah, this is a place I could call home. So for me, it was more just about the university and, and where it was at. And, mm-hmm. and then, yep, if, if that situation is right, taking the next step. You, you know, mentioned, uh, and I'd never heard the, the um, description, uh, healthcare desert. I know what you mean, yeah. uh, hearing it. Yeah. We hardly have that here in Akron. Um, but I, I would imagine the fact that we do have um, so many medical facilities and really some outstanding medical care and medical practices around here, yeah. that that must be intriguing too because you can see directly mm-hmm. yeah. you know, where the, the community and the university are, are really embedded together. Yeah, absolutely. And again, that was a, a, an easier sell too because for me, it's, it's the college is at the right place, um, but we also have great relationships with each, of those, with each of those institutions, whether it's an Akron General, whether it's a SUMA, and, um, you know, they're also ready to take the next step and collaborate with us because they have a lot of healthcare needs. They need people, you know, they need people to fill various roles. There's over 200 occupations alone in that strictly fall into clinical services, let alone the health and human sciences. And they need a lot of them. And so they, they need to grow, but they can't grow without us and we can't grow without them, right, because they take our, our graduates. And so, yeah, it, it was a huge plus. Um, to have those, you know, those institutions in the community and really eager to partner with us. Um, I, you know, one, I will come back to one thing. Um, you know, that, that 
idea of a, a healthcare desert, we generally think of that in, you know, obviously deserts. But we tend to talk about it in public health with like food deserts, yeah, right? Yeah. Surrounded by, you know, junk food and fast food, and there's not really anything, you know, any pl- healthy places to eat or access to, you know, fresh vegetables and stuff. But you do see it in healthcare in general um, as well. So the term is starting to get kind of used in other places. I would say in this community, we do have very great healthcare facilities and great access to facilities. I would say there's still some pockets where we where there's an opportunity to, to really bring care out to patients, especially when you think about patients who are place-bound, um, you know, the elderly who don't have great mobility and things like that. There's still some opportunities there to really still, you know, bring health care out to people. I don't think that we have a desert, mm-hmm. um, but maybe kind of a a California type climate, if that okay. makes sense, in some areas <laughs> where we get a little rain every once in a while. But but we really do want to make healthcare accessible. Let's remind our listeners this is Zips Unlimited, 88.1 WZIP FM. My name is Chris Kepler, General Manager. I'm talking with Dr. Dan Friesner. He's the Dean of the University of Akron College of Health and Human Services. We've been talking a little bit about his background and um, I guess relationships between the University of Akron and and the community that that college serves. You know, Ed's, and I realize you're pretty new to the role, but I have a feeling you probably have some at least broader scale ideas on, on how you'd like to, um, I guess, help the college, thus the University of Akron and the community continue to grow. Yeah, absolutely. And, and first and foremost, um, you're right, I am new. And I would say that the college itself, even before I got here, has been very um, just really good at developing where it wants to go. We know what its strengths are. Those strengths predate me. They're teaching our students and they're being out in the community, doing community outreach, working with our local partners. So I believe it was, we have over 500 community partners that that the college works with for placing our students and doing community service. I believe it was last year we did something close to, and again, I didn't come up with this statistic. Someone in my, in my office actually did the calculation, so apologize if there's a variance for this. We did something like 350,000 hours of, of service in the community oh, wow. last year. So, you know, um, those strengths were already there before I, got, before I got there, right? My job isn't to, to turn that college on its head. It's to take what those strengths are, and then how do we propel those forward um, to be able to, for, for a number of reasons, the community needs it. Um, we need to grow as an institution. I think you mentioned that. Um, the employers need that, right? Because if they have more, if they have more employees providing critical services, they can provide more patient care, which is what the community needs. So it, it really kind of reinforces it. And, and yeah, I would say um, they've done it. My college has been great at setting that foundation, and the next step is growth of that foundation. So what what I've been doing in the short time I've been here is is getting out, meeting with people in the community, including some of the um, officers and and leadership of the various systems. And my first question is is where is your biggest need for people, right? And um, did the are, answers that you've been receiving have they surprised you at all, or was it kind of predictable to you? No, they're they're pretty predictable. You know, most, most health. If you've been in one healthcare organization, you've been in one healthcare organization. <laughs> Uh, even in the Cleveland Clinic, you know, if you go from facility to facility, there, there are going to be some common themes, but there's also going to be some idiosyncrasies. Um, but the one commonality that you see is, is with workforce, um, they always have one or two needs that are always the same, 
Um, and it's generally, you know, they always need a huge nursing workforce because nursing is the backbone of any, especially in a, in a hospital or yeah. any type of inpatient system. It's, it's nursing. They always need a lot of nursing. And then there's always two or three others um, that go along with nursing um, that you need. Um, so we've been hearing a lot of we need surgical, surgical technicians and technologists, some sterile processing, um, and then you need some of the allied sciences like radiologic sciences, people who do x-rays. Mm-hmm. and CAT scans and MRIs, things like that. Um, so some of those allied sciences we're, we're seeing, and you tend to see those similar answers no matter where you go. And then beyond those, maybe three or four that we offer, right? I mean, we don't have a med school, so I don't ask if you need more cardiologists sure. or anything like that, right? But, but um, then you start to get into the idiosyncratic ones, if that makes sense. Oh, we need more med techs, or oh, you know, we need cardiac perfusionists and, and those types of things. Then you get into some of the unique ones. But you know, some commonalities, the first conversation, um, you always see some pretty common themes. And then, again, the, the, the third or fourth answer kind of surprises mm-hmm. you. Yeah. Well, are we, you know, when we look at our, our majors, mm-hmm. you know, when students, you know, attend this university and, and, and are enrolled in your college in some area, what, you know, what, I don't know if you can list them all, but I mean, what, what types of programs do we offer? Yeah. So right now we have seven schools um, and they do bridge um, we like to say the clinical sciences, the human sciences, and some of the justice-seeking sciences. So in the clinical sciences, you know, we do have a very large school of nursing, which offers pretty much the gamut of, of nursing degrees from entry level. We don't offer a nurse, an STNA, or what we used to call a CNA, Certified Nursing Assistant mm-hmm. Program, but basically anything that requires you to take a, um, an NCLEX-type licensure exam and up. So um, RN programs, advanced practice, if you want to be a nurse practitioner, um, all the way up to nurse anesthetist. Um, we have programs in respiratory therapy. So people who have breathing disorders, whether it's COPD, cystic fibrosis, we have a program there. Um, and then we have um, general health administration as well. Um, so on that health side, then we also have some that kind of bridge the gap. We have a very strong social work program at the bachelor's and master's levels. Speech language pathology, people who have you know uh, difficulty expressing communication for some usually a, f- a physical or neurological reason. We have audiology, mm-hmm. people who deal with people who have loss of hearing. Um, so we have quite a few clinical sciences. Then we also have some of the human sciences, um, family science, um, exercise science. Um, so, so, you know, um, a clinical component, but also kind of a human component, if mm-hmm. that makes sense. Yeah. And then we have some of the, um, and I know I'm. we have counseling. We have a very large school of counseling to, you know, it kind of bridges the gap. And we also have some of our first responders as well in our school of, um, um, we call it DSES, Disaster Science and Emergency Services, or EMTs, paramedics, um, the police academies there, the fire academies there, mm-hmm. some of those things. So um, a very broad array of disciplines in the college. Do we have some room for growth? Yes. Um, because, again, we no longer have a surge tech program. That might be something we at least think about bringing back, if that makes sense. But for the most part, we hit most of the main areas in each of those three categories. And it sounds like with what you described, it um, at least partly coincides with what you're hearing mm-hmm. in the community that there continues to be a need for. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Our graduates are in extremely high demand. The other interesting thing, and I'm gonna, this is my shameless plug for our majors. Sure. The, the neat <laughs> thing about our majors is if you like learning by doing, our college offers some great degrees. You know, even if the, the sight of blood <laughs> makes you faint, <laughs> we got a major for you. But the neat thing is for, for pretty much all of our majors, um, as close to 100% as possible, um, do experiential work. So if you like 
seeing it in the classroom, then immediately getting out in a professional setting and practicing as you learn. Uh, our majors are really excellent for that. And so um, it's, you know, it's one of the things that ties us together. And that's why we have so much engagement um, with the community and why our placement rates are so great is because when you go out and you like learning by doing, you know, in, in majors of high demand, what happens is we call them your preceptor, your supervisor is kind of sizing you up and saying, how do you do, how do you do with people? How do you, how do you interact with patients and their families if it's on the clinical side, right? Uh, how do you deal with case management? And they're looking to hire you when you graduate. And so that learning by doing, it, it benefits the student because it's a neat learning opportunity mm -hmm. and it's a considerable, for most of our majors, it's a big part of the education, a big chunk of it, but it's good for the employers, it's good for the college, it's good for the community because you get out there. It really does kind of just wrap them all together. Okay. And you offer some, uh, in some of the schools at least, you offer graduate programs too, right? Yes, absolutely. So um, counseling is all master's degrees. Um, that's the ne necessity to practice. Uh, our speech language pathology and we offer a bachelor's degree, but it's really to get you up to the master's, which is where your your uh, certification comes. Audiology is a graduate program. Um, and then social work, we offer at the bachelor's, bachelor's and master's level. And nursing, of course, that goes all the way from undergraduate up to mm -hmm. master's and doctoral level too. So yes, the short answer is yes. Um, how far you go depends on um, what you need for licensure. And then if they have advanced practice beyond initial licensure, what the field requires mm -hmm. for that. So it does vary a little bit. Do you know for our students, the, and, and I'm, I'm sure that it's, it's hard to say when you're talking college level because, mm -hmm. I mean, you just went through all a the lot. schools. And within those schools are different majors and so forth. But yep. in, in a general sense, um, do you think that the, the student population in the college is that traditional, you know, people who are – you know, pretty much just out of high school, 18 to 22-ish, or, or do you attract a lot of non-traditional students too? It's a little bit of both, and okay. it really does depend on the, um, the specific program that, that you're going to reference. You know, some of, our, some of our programs, especially our advanced practice programs, they're, you know, they're 30 years old with a family, you know, and then some are a little bit more um, traditional programs. Uh, I think of our maybe our undergraduate speech language pathology or our undergraduate nursing program. Um, so it, it really does depend. But the one thing I would say is it's very much, no matter where you're talking about a traditional or non-traditional student, um, they're very consistent with what the university has as a whole. And, and the University of Akron is a, you know, it's a university for the community. And um, this probably doesn't surprise anybody who's, who's from the area. Most students are working and college is a part of life, mm -hmm. right? But it's not the entirety of life. And so most of our students, even our traditional undergraduate students, um, you know, they're, they're working 20, 25, sometimes more than that hours a week, and they're going to school. And so that gives it a little different flavor, which personally I really like. And from our students, from the perspective of teaching, I also like because, you know, for me as a teacher, I wanna engage my students, right? And so having traditional students in the classroom is great. Um, I get to give them information, right, because they don't have a huge basis um, to build upon to engage in dialogue. But when we have students that are out working, living normal lives, and, mm -hmm. and college is kind of just a part of that, you know, they've just got a different perspective. They sure. take a little more, you know, this is going to come out incorrectly, but but they take ownership of their education maybe in a little bit different way than a traditional college student would. The college student looks at that education as their job, right? 
but really our typical student at Akron, it's just a part of life, yeah. right? And so their perspectives may be just a little bit different. So to answer your question, we get a little bit of everybody, but they all are still consistent with, you know, kind of that blue collar mentality that, that the community has, that mm -hmm. the university has. Well, I think for anybody who's, you know, maybe considering a major that might fall under your umbrella, there are probably people in the college that they could talk to um, to kind of help them narrow down and figure out, you know, hey, I want to be in, in the medical field somewhere, but I don't know where, Yeah. you know, um, mm -hmm. to, to get some more information, either just online or even to stop in and, and chat with somebody who can serve as a, you know, sort of a, a counselor type person uh, to help yeah. guide them toward the right degree program for them. Yeah, we have a, we have a great student success center in the college. Uh, Marcy's the head of that, Marcy Tomasio. And, and um, whether you're a prospective student, whether you're enrolled and just kind of looking for a major change, yeah. whether you're- That happens a lot too. Yeah, you know? absolutely it does. Um, they, um, they have a great team that is one of the, okay, it's my college, so I'm gonna be biased. <laughs> I think they're one of the best advising groups on campus, but they deal, if you have a question like that, whether you're prospective, whether you're currently here and just looking at a major, they're going to take the time to help you figure out where you want to go and how to get there. Mm -hmm. So, yep, and it's just on the website. You know, if you go to the College of Health and Human Sciences website, um, you'll be able to find the Student Success Center there and set up an appointment. And, and uh, happy to greet you and introduce you to the college and answer your questions, help you along the way. Zips Unlimited can be heard each Saturday at noon on 88.1 WZIP-FM. Z-A-A-A-A-A-A-A-A-A-A-A-A-A-A-A-A-A-A-A-A-A-A-A-A-A-A-A-A-A-A-A-A-A-A-A-A-A-A-A-A-A-A-A-A-A